The year is the future. When the world is in danger of dwindling food resources, Renaissance man Q. Heelman develops a new technology that allows man to feast on its endless supply of entertainment. Consequently, film and television is produced at a startling rate. A sickness, franchise fatigue, plagues man and turns the infected into time wasters. Renaissance man Q. Heelman looks for a remedy, but gives up hope until two film scavengers, Brett Hodgson and Chris Nelson, stumble into his medical facility. He vows to cure them by imbuing them with the power of film. Super smooth. Have you seen any suspicious activity? What are you doing? I've decided to become an investigative reporter, and I need a mystery to solve. Well, there are only the three of us in here. Yeah, and how well do I know you? Pretty well. Hello, boys. Hey, Q. Q, have you ever killed a man? I'm an investigative journalist now. I need to solve mysteries. I see. A vocation gives you purpose. But investigative journalism has a dark side. It's time for your treatment. Please find a seat in the theater. You're watching Shock Corridor. Now entering decompression room. And... What is it we're decompressing from? The movie we just watched. The movie that we're talking to about today is Shock Corridor. Yes, Shock Corridor. So I, I want to say something right out of the gate. Of uh, this is uh, this is my initial thoughts. Uh, okay. Right out of the gate, I don't think that this movie accurately depicted mental health issues. I, I agree. It depicted what people in the 1960s thought were mental health issues, which maybe some of these people were like an extreme case of someone mm -hmm. who's like batshit crazy, but that's pretty much everybody in this institution, which maybe it's like a... I don't know why you would put like every, the craziest people in the world in one, one mental institute. Like even if it was like this is like the 1% of mental people that are crazy, let's all put them in the same wing together. Fuck it. Well, I do think that they're, they're, isn't that something that they do? Maybe, but I feel do? like that's not good for them. <laughs> like, it does seem like a bad idea for like watching this idea. movie. Yeah, it does. I don't think they rub well on each other. <laughs> so to be fair, that is something that like I I criticize a lot of people. I I don't criticize movies. I criticize people who watch movies. Uh, something that I criticize. <laughs> something that this I, isn't a review of movies. This is a review of people that watch movies. Something that I criticize people for a lot, I guess, is that uh, is when they complain that like something isn't like accurate because it's a movie and it's totally fictional and it can be whatever you want it to be. Yeah, true. So. So you don't maybe like when, I'm, pe when you, you maybe don't like I'm when bringing are, up a false criticism. You don't like when people are aggressive and don't like when they don't like something. They're like, "It's bad. It sucks. I don't like it." I guess that too. I just I don't know why I thought of that. Um, uh huh. Just kind of came to my head. Uh huh. Uh, but yeah, we should. Um, so that's the initial. I agree. I had that same initial thought mm -hmm. of the movie. I was like, "It's a good, you know, 
neo-noir thriller, um, you know, story. But I was like, you know, it's obviously, it was made in the 60s and they had weird thoughts about mental illness and women and <laughs> all that stuff. Um, yeah, which makes sense. Were... It just makes, I mean, it's the... easy to look back now and say, oh, that's, it was the 60s. That's what, that's, that's what they did, I think. I there... wasn't around then. There did seem to be, like, almost a weird strain of, like, it's the woman's fault somehow, <laughs> even though, like, it doesn't apply at all in this situation. It's like every time she's a scene, you have a, you're having a nervous breakdown. Calm down. <laughs> you're hysterical. Even though she, like, guesses exactly what's going to happen to the guy. Mm-hmm. So, all right. I mean, I she was a little, I think, too worried at first. She was like, calm down. I, yeah, that's, little... I had that thoughts at first. I was like, not because she was a woman. I was just like, let him do it. I get. I guess it's because we we thought of uh, in in the world that this movie takes place in, mental illness exists like a like like a sickness that you can catch, like it's airborne. Yeah, she was like, "You're like, because well, we, I think we should go to the synopsis a little bit first, so we're not talking too much about it." Okay, so we start we start right off the bat, and this guy named. Uh, James Johnny Barrett. Johnny Barrett. Johnny My Barrett. bad. Jim. Played by Peter Breck. Uh so yeah, and he's we see him like trying to get into uh preparing to get into the insane asylum. And his lady, uh Kathy, who doesn't get a last name because she's not important. Uh but the reason he's he wants to be falsely admitted into a mental hospital because there was a murder there. And he wants to, he's an investigative journalist, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool, I think. Mm-hmm. And he wants to go in there, find out who the murderer was, and then write, and get a Pulitzer Prize, and write a book, and be famous, have a bunch of money. That's why he wants to do it. But his girlfriend, yeah. um, what's her name? Kathy. 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 I kept hearing Cassie half the time, and then it was Kathy, but it's Kathy. I, always, I thought it was funny that you kept hearing Cassie, because it was very clearly Kathy. To you, I mean, <laughs> I hear um, voices. I don't know. <laughs> Cassie, someone say Cassie, Kathy, um, Cassie. Uh, so she's very and, Ka- and they're actually Kathy and Cassie are both my mom's names. So, um, <laughs> your mom has a double name. No, my, one of my mom's name is Kathy. My other mom's name is Cassie. Oh, you have two moms. Yeah. Well, in this situation, I do. <laughs> Um, um, so yeah. yeah, so Kathy, we find out in the very beginning is a stripper and there's a very long, unnecessary strip scene with her. I would say it's unnecessary because it didn't go anywhere. It kind of ended too soon, if you know what I mean. I wanted to investigate further. Yeah. Journalistically, journalistically, it was nothing. I just thought that maybe we could have found out more clues. Yeah, unfortunately. Even that one stripper afterwards was like, I was telling, I was telling the manager that if we're not stripping nude, then we ain't stripping. <laughs> <laughs> She's like doing her nails like in the dressing room. I'm telling her. Yeah, that was exactly. my favorite character. I was like, yeah, she gets it. And it, essentially what Chris is saying is this movie's got no tits. <laughs> yeah, okay, so be a lot um, let's look tit. at the tit meter and no tits. <laughs> <laughs> the tit, tit score is zero. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Tito Review. I don't know. So Johnny convinces, uh, get, gets like Kathy to go down to the police station and convince people that he's 
her crazy brother. And then he, like, says that... Do you know what a fetish is? <laughs> yeah, so essentially, like, he convinces the psychi- the psychiatric ward that he is crazy about his sister Kathy's hair. Of course, he actually that he wants to, loves Kathy. And he wants to have incest with her. Well, actually, it's not clear if he loves Kathy. Because you see, he's kind of an asshole to her. I think he does. Because remember when he was first in his dream, and then he was like, she's like, and she's like in his dream, like, oh, all these other men want me, but I just want you, but I don't know how long I can hold out. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, no, Kathy, oh, Kathy, Kathy, Kathy. So I think he did love her. He was just being a 1960 man where he's like, you're a crazy woman. <laughs> Smack. <laughs> oh, even, even meaner than Johnny is to Kathy. His boss. Is, yeah, his boss. Johnny's boss. He's brutal. Is, he's brutal. Like, anytime he interacts with her, he's just like, or like, no. Oh, you know what? Because when she didn't, at first she wouldn't agree to do it. She's like, mm-hmm. I, you're going to go crazy in there. I'm not going to do it. And then he just ghosted her for four days straight. Johnny did. Johnny co- ghosted her. And she's like, yeah, has he called me? Has he called? No one's called? And then when she, she calls his boss and he's like, well, what do you expect? Like he's not gonna talk to you until you do this. If you lo- if you love him, you will do this for him, which is really toxic. But she was like, "Oh, okay, I guess I'll do it." But then, yeah, he's basically mean like that to her all the time. The boss. So yeah, just a total fucking prick. Just a dick. And uh, of course, it, he wants that Pulitzer Prize too. <laughs> he doesn't care. He doesn't care. All he gives Johnny. a damn about is the Pulitzer. And if you go down to a coal mine, you're gonna come up with some coal on your face. There should have been there should have been a scene at the end where the boss is like, "Oh no, what have I done to my friend?" He never my... showed up again. Yeah, he no, he doesn't. He was like, "This split surprise just boosted my profits." So great. That's that's what a man does. Sometimes he takes a shot and he misses. <laughs> 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 um. So yeah. Uh, he gets into... Yeah, fuck a stripper, you're gonna get STDs. <laughs> what do you expect? So you gotta get a little muddy. Uh... Gotta get a little... If the river runs right, you gotta go to the dirt road. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. It means if, if a woman's on her period, then you gotta go anal. Oh. Right. We'll probably cut that part out. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> no, staying in. Funny, funny, funny segue. My friend was on Tinder, and he's like, and we were in Mexico, so they, he had to keep getting stuff translated. But he he was like, "What should I say?" And I was like, "Say." He didn't know what it meant either. I was like, "Say if the river runs red, take the dirt road." <laughs> and he did, and then she didn't know what it meant. And then when she got it translated, she was like, "You pig, you pig." <laughs> <laughs> I ruined his chances of getting laid on vacation. I, I like. I just. I was just joking. I was just like, "Say that." <laughs> you didn't know what I meant either. Oh yeah, that was man! A, side note, a little sidebar. That's funny. Ooh. Okay. So, so Johnny gets into the insane insane asylum. Yes. And successfully, it's crazy. Uh, the. the and he knows that there are three suspects in the killing of this guy. Well, Sloan. He knows there are three witnesses somehow. No, no, no. I initially he thinks that they're suspects, but after he talks to Stewart, I think he realizes that they're witnesses. Mm. At least that's how I took it. 
Maybe I like misheard. Maybe. Well, this, either this way, this movie wasn't black and white, so I was like immediately like five percent less interested. <laughs> I, it wasn't all in black and white. Twenty five percent. It wasn't less all black interested. and white. It wasn't all black and white. That's true, because there are these moments of clarity for uh, all for a couple of the uh, crazy people, and they have, and then they their monologue goes over stock footage, but the stock footage is in color, and it goes on way. Too, it's really weird. It's 1963. When did they invent, like, color? I think 1942, which is the weird, <laughs> the weird part. <laughs> I always get, no, yeah. Actually, well, actually, well, the thing is, color has been around pretty much as long as black and white was, but it was just way more expensive. Mm-hmm. So black and white was just the standard. Um, well, but when thought, did it become normal? Um, I also thought that, like, they hadn't the really 60- perfected how to do color because, like, you know, Wizard of Oz had, like, Technicolor, but, like, mm-hmm. it was, like... Uh, the actual real life colors were like completely different. Like what was picked up on film, like the yellow brick road wasn't actually yellow. Mm-hmm. As far as I understand, maybe I'm completely misremembering. I'm just, maybe I just sound like a crazy person. <laughs> you, you do. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out. So anyway, uh, well, interestingly enough, the wizard of Oz, 1939 color, American Paris Night. So, like, it was around, but I don't know when it was commonplace. I think <coughs> definitely by the 70s it was. Probably, like, the late... It's probably... That's towards the end of Black and White, I think. Mm-hmm. But it's just weird that it was mostly in black and white, and then they're, like, stock footage of color? Fuck it. Like... This, yeah, I'm pretty sure this is, like, very close towards the end of black and white, because I want to say that uh, Sunset Boulevard came out, like, 65. the same, same year. Same year, yeah. I think. And uh, very close to this. And, like, Sunset Boulevard looks, like, uh, fucking amazing. I mean, it's black and white, but, like, it looks like, uh, especially for, like, the HD transfer, it looks, like, beautiful. I don't know if you watched it lately. I haven't. Anyway, that's Sunset Boulevard. This is Shock Corridor. Shock Corridor. Uh, Which, by the way, what do you think of when you hear Shock Corridor? Like, that's, I can't really, I'm like... I couldn't, it sounds I couldn't like, think of the premise. If, it sounds like an exploitation movie, which is right up Q's alley as we know him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we watched the trailer for this movie. It makes it seem way different than it is. It makes it seem way different. You don't even know there's an investigation around. It's just like, in this mental hospital, case number one, Johnny B. He thinks, he thinks his, he, his longtime lover is his sister. <laughs> even though they don't go over the path that he's, he's pretending that. Mm-hmm. And then they say she's also a case, but she's never in the mental institution, so... And then they only refer to one patient, which is the black patient, that I think... I feel like they put it in the trailer, because they were like... I I feel like this... I feel like the movie... This was pretty much the original Black Panther. (laughs) (laughs) I think we can get to talking about that when we talk about him, Mm -hmm. but the the first crazy guy is Stuart who wears a Confederate States of America hat because he thinks that he's still... This is the first, the first witness suspect. Yeah, he's he thinks he's still fighting the Civil War. He thinks he's a general in the Confederate Civil War. In the, in the... Well, there wasn't a Confederate Civil War. It was a Civil War between the United States and the Confederates. Yeah. I'm saying he no, was in the Civil War. I was just being... Excuse me, technically. Well, actually... Word um, um, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were like, who? What does he know? But he's just talking about, like, we gotta get to get his bargain, we gotta 
And he was oddly enough not racist. Not not really racist. I don't think he even mentioned it. I, which I guess is I proof that the that the civil wasn't about slavery. Because <laughs> <laughs> no. he didn't even think about it. That wasn't even his prerogative. I well, I thought it was interesting that like I wasn't sure if he was like indoctrinated into racism and he wanted to get out, or if it was like he just straight up wasn't racist. Maybe a little. It didn't even. Um, it just didn't even come up. He was just like, "I'm a general, and we gotta." Go. Oh, he was just about well, the army. He, he wasn't even like. It when he has his moment of clarity, and this movie establishes that every single crazy person has moments of clarity where they become uncrazy. completely sane. Basically, they're just like they're insane, and then all of a sudden, they're like, "Oh, what happened? Where am I? Oh, yes, I remember. I remember the time that I was stabbed by that clown at my birthday party, and that's why I'm the way that I am." Oh, back to being crazy. Blah, 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 blah. That's pretty much how it is. Which I feel almost Which bad. Which is pretty accurate. I just have to plan. I feel almost bad for calling them crazy people because I feel like you're not supposed to. Well, say those that people were it, crazy. But they are crazy because this is 1963 and this is not an accurate depiction of mental health in any way. Not really. Yeah. So <laughs> in this really, movie, they're, they're just crazy. Like, they're just like, they're just like, they basically what, like, someone that's never met it. Like, knows anything about it. Like, what's a crazy person? That's what... They went far with it in imagination. So, um, um, anyway, Stuart has a moment of clarity where he remembers that he uh, was in the Korean War and then he turned to the communist side. He became a sympathizer. And then he came back home and uh, because he... Somebody... A, a prisoner of war reminded him how great America is. And then he came back home, and Everyone everybody spit on him and rejected him. And his parents had like put into him like bigotry and hate and whatnot. This is where Johnny indicates or, or asks the question of what happened to Sloan. And then Stewart says that it was somebody with white pants killed him, and the only people with white pants uh, are the attendants, the yeah, the people and, who work and the psychiatrists, the... yeah, mm-hmm. the people that work there. Yeah, he's like. <gasps> Okay, it wasn't a, ooh, this is a juicy story. Uh, so, but then they, they moved Stuart because of reasons, because it would be too easy to figure out the rest of the movie. If, yes, so he couldn't, that's all he figured out. Uh, meanwhile, I just, I, I, I'm just looking through my notes here, and this is around the time when, when he meets Stuart, where Johnny accidentally walks into the Wait, nymphomaniacs ward. He's in the he's in the women's ward, and he enters a room, mm-hmm. and the door locks behind him. And, the, and like how the shot is, is that he's like he's he's goes into the nympho ward. He's like, oh, I gotta get out of here. And there's the doorknob. It's a shot of the doorknob. His hand over it, and his hand's moving. He's like, it's locked. Like the doorknob. He's not even moving the doorknob. His hand's just moving over the doorknob. Like. <laughs> Like it's so obviously like he's not even turning. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh no. But the funniest part, he sees all like the girls that are like, you know, they're all like sex obsessed or whatever. And he's just like, uh oh. Nymphos, like voiceover. <laughs> it's not a voiceover. He's like, Nymphos. <laughs> it's so funny. And I, I, I like it because it really like uh, implies that like, every, not like everybody knows in, in 1963 what nymphos are and it's like an epidemic <laughs> yeah they're like it's like when you're like oh no zombies 
Nymphos, run! <laughs> and they attacked him like a zombie. They just started like coming in like, ooh, man, ooh, he's mine. Which is, why do we not hear about this nymphomaniac problem now? I think they, they got rid of it back then. They like, thank God that the nuclear family generation really snuffed that out. I mean, they're still around, but like, it's not enough. I think there's like a vaccine or something for it because... It's, you know, it's not a problem anymore. I just, I enjoy the idea that uh, things were still so backwards in, like, the early 60s that the idea of women wanting to, like, fuck men. Oh, like, oh, that's a mental I, I would love to have sex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. What's wrong with her? <laughs> They're in the nympho ward. <laughs> yeah. It was... I, I want to, like, imagine, like, a husband and wife, like, getting done with their procreating. And she's like, you want to go again? What? <laughs> but I finished. <laughs> I'm calling the. I'm calling Doctor Thompson. No, please don't. No, this is the third time. <laughs> Doctor, yes, it's happened again. Send her away. <laughs> I'm uh, sorry, kids. Your mother's a nympho. <laughs> <laughs> no, mommy. <laughs> this is also around the point in the story where I forget what the the clinical psychiatrist's name is, but this is around the time that he says the word. Puberty. <laughs> he's, he's going on about like um, Johnny's, like you know, past and how it's affected his mental illness. But he says instead of puberty, he says puberty, <laughs> which really isn't interesting at all outside of the fact that we're just uh, immature enough to think that somebody. No, it is interesting. Puberty. It is interesting because who has ever said it? it? Like everything else he said was normal. Uh-huh. Like, I've never, like, some people say, like, pillow instead of pillow. Or milk. People, but no, but no one has said no, pillow? Sometimes, yeah. I've never heard it's, that. But that's more common than, I've never heard someone say, oh, yes, I remember puberty. Started getting hair on my chest. Um, this will make you a man once but you like, get puberty. But, like, why would they keep that? Why would they keep it? Like, maybe they like, kept saying it. They were like, okay, um, we're going to try that again. Can you, <laughs> um, maybe slip your line a little bit? Oh, okay, I didn't notice. Okay. And then... Poobody. Okay, um, you're so, I don't know, um, so you're saying, um, you're not saying, pu- you know, that, how do you know how to pronounce that? Puberty? It's puberty. <laughs> yeah, no, pu, you know, like, say pubes. Pubes. Okay, now say puberty. Poobody. <laughs> you probably couldn't get around there, it's like, just fuck it, leave it in. Just fuck it, we'll, we'll edit and, we'll edit and post, fuck it. Um, but <laughs> it just really stood out, it's like, why would you say puberty? So then we meet, we meet this, uh, we meet him in a very specific way. We, yeah. We see, we see a sign that's, you know, saying the N word, like get the N words out of here, Segre- bring segregation back. And then the sign gets moved down and we reveal <gasps> a black man. Oh. Why is he holding the sign? Well, cause he's crazy, I guess. And he apparently thinks he's a white person and he basically for like, this is like a 30 minute arc in the movie where he's just spouting out racial slurs. And going like, and there's like one other black, there's like one other black guy in the middle institution that keeps getting like chased by him. It's like, get him before he marries my daughter. <laughs> he says the line like three times. Let's get him before he marries my daughter. <laughs> it was pretty sad to watch. Uh. <laughs> it was like, Ooh. it was pretty sad to watch as I laugh away. I mean, it was kind of, it was, well, some parts of it were comical. So the reason that he, we find out that he's crazy is because. Uh, they, he was allowed to integrate into a white university 
and people were so racist to him that he became crazy and believed that he was white and he that he was he, he, he wanted to start the white, KKK a white racist and yeah he thinks he started the KKK and stuff like that so yeah basically and, the Chappelle show skit uh, skit and I don't know see this is what I wanted to this is what I was saving I guess Ooh. I don't know if this was just clumsy because it's not like this is the best written movie I've ever seen uh, yeah. And amazingly, it's in the Criterion Collection. I'm a little surprised. I mean, think about it for the time, though. Like, for most movies in the 60s weren't doing stuff like this. And I think that's what made it really stand out. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I've watched enough 60s movies to say, like, because, they didn't you know make why, them like this. You know why you have it? Because they're all, like, weird. They're all, like, I don't know. They all talk like that. And they're all, like, dang. I'd love to go run away with you for a honeymoon, but I can't. I've got to save money for mother. I don't know. It's like weird. Like <laughs> they didn't really like go out there. Like you know, it wasn't like anything. I don't. I haven't seen that many either. But I think this movie kind of did something that was, hadn't really been done. Okay, in a way, this, not like not like crazy. Like oh my god, it's genius. But like, I can see why it stands out. This is what I'm theorizing, and uh -huh. I just want to like put it out there. Roll with it. And I I think that. Um, I don't know if this was on purpose or not, but it but they did use it to market the movie. So mm -hmm. I do kind of feel like maybe it was on purpose. It's basically like because he goes crazy from integrating into a white school, it's, it's to me it almost implies that like they're making an argument that no no, we don't not want black people to integrate into schools because it'll be bad for us whites. No no. Because it'll be bad for the blacks. Because they can't hand, they don't want to be around all these white people. They'll go crazy. We'll drive them nuts. I don't think that was there. I think I think maybe in a sloppy way that's present. yeah. I don't think it was like a a serious thing. This definitely but any racism in it is kind of just more like oh, it was in the sixties racism. It wasn't like overly racist. It was just kind of like. You're like, ooh, that's like, ooh, we wouldn't do that now. <laughs> <laughs> I this this movie definitely just comes like how it's from like the standpoint mis misogynistic too. That's just kind of how the time went. This movie does seem to come from the standpoint of like a stereotypical like Hollywood liberal writer, where he's like, I'm gonna write about the issues, mm -hmm. and like he just sort of like he puts it all in there because like at, like both there's the Confederate guy, and then there's like the black guy who's like a white racist. Then you get the third guy who who is involved, a uh, involved with the atom bomb. He he did work with the, the atom bomb, war. and of course those are terrible. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I mean, I may be the minority here, but they're pretty cool. Atom bombs, pretty tight, dude. <laughs> hey. Stay in school, kids. Don't do drugs and always drop the atom bomb. <laughs> Wait, what? Wait, go back to that last thing you said. Stay in school? Yeah, got that. Um, don't, do, don't do drugs, got that. Okay. Um, atom bomb? Remember, atom oh, bomb the commies. Uh, when we were... Uh, when we were watching the movie, I do take notes. And one of the notes that I wrote down is that when the... Uh, uh, what is his name, by the way? Trent. Trent. Trent is the black guy. Mm -hmm. When Trent is talking about the KKK, I wrote down the note, this guy knows more about the KKK than I do. <laughs> Which is amazing. I, 
Which I realized Which I know nothing about the KKK. Maybe I should look into that. You didn't see Black Landsman? I didn't. Anyway, we meet Bowden. We really talked about uh, everything that was important about Bowden. He's like a nuclear physicist and everything. Yeah, I kind of just... I, the, the beginning of the movie was okay, but um, once it got into like, this kind of repetitive, like, uh, meet this crazy person. He's a witness, but... Johnny's got to he's got to match his crazy so he can get close with him, and then when he has that moment of sane clarity, he can get some clue. And he did it with like three people. And just I was just kind of like, okay, I get it. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Like it did. They didn't do it in a new and imaginative way. It's kind of just like, well, this character is kooky in this way. Now he's got to be. He's got to pretend to be a racist too <laughs> to get the clue. Like it was like, oh, okay, cool. You know. After uh, they accidentally like. Uh, start a hate crime against the other black. Uh, uh, they 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 start. Uh, the the doctor says to Johnny, "Now Johnny, no more race riots. <laughs> you be good, okay? Let's do no more race riots now. All right, okay, all right. You're a good boy. <laughs> Just don't let your mother know about these race riots, okay, Johnny?" And then they finally take Johnny in for shock treatment, which is a real letdown. Which is the movie's well, that, called that Shock happened. Corridor. They give him one shock treatment, and they barely show like what happens during the shock. Treatment. Well, after that, he he starts getting crazy. That's when he starts to turn crazy, and which of course is is an indictment of these uh, insane asylums slash mental hospitals. Mm-hmm. Oh, it doesn't shock treatment doesn't work. Yeah, surprise. Big surprise. Um, Would you like some heroin for your cold? <laughs> and shock treatment for your fetishes? So the Nobel Prize winning guy, Bowden, mm-hmm. uh, he tells Johnny that it was the guy who... It was an orderly... Killed the other guy was this guy named Wilkes. Wilkes. Spoiler. spoiler. John Wilkes Booth is the murderer. No, just, just Wilkes. Wilkes. But maybe related. We don't know. Probably not. I mean, yeah. maybe that's think, why they, they named them that. There's the Confederate. I'm just I'm just saying that we don't know for sure. I mean, the dude who wrote this movie was really into like history, Southern issues. Yeah. yeah. So maybe. Yeah. That's probably there was a connection there. Like that's some Wilkes. Um, I think it was. So yeah, I find it was Wilkes, but then he, he started to go crazy, and he can't. He has his own little mental breakdown where, like, it starts thunderstorming in his head, and then he has a color vision of Niagara Falls or whatever, and then he's like, damn it, I can't remember who killed Orderly. And he Sloan. starts saying, he, he, I can't, who killed Sloan? And he starts saying, like, I killed Sloan. No, Kathy killed Sloan. I killed him. No, Kathy knows who killed him. And Wilkes is like, aha, he's crazy. No one will believe him. And then Johnny has a moment of clarity. Where he realizes, he ah, That's I gotta crazy. beat the shit out of Wilkes. <laughs> and like, kind of like a family guy chicken fight, where it's like throughout the whole mental hospital, just quit. Everyone's like, whoa, whoa. He does literally take him and slide him across a table of food. <laughs> it's pretty comical. Which is totally a, like a comedic thing. They do that in Bill and Ted. And then, <laughs> and then he uses his um, interrogation um, technique of slamming his Wilkes' head on the floor while pull, simultaneously pulling his ears 
mm-hmm. get him to confess to killing. That old classic. And Wilkes is like, I... He's like, who killed... Who killed Sloan? I killed <laughs> Kind of like that. And then, like, just as the guy just gets over there, <gasps> he confessed. And then... So then they 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 realize that he did it and that Johnny's not really crazy and then they let him out. But then, unfortunately, we find out through Kathy Kathy's exposition that in fact Johnny was well enough to write his article, but and then win a Pulitzer Prize. Then he went fully crazy and mute, and also like sticking his hand out, like <laughs> just like. Mm. Like he just shut down totally. Mm-hmm. So he and that's and, the end of the movie. And she's like, "No, Johnny, no, no! I knew this would happen. I told you you'd catch the crazy." She was right the whole time. Yeah, he caught the crazy. He airborne. The, the air. Or maybe maybe it was through water because of the hydrotherapy. We don't. We're not really sure. Or the shock therapy, I guess. But so let me ask you: Do you have a tagline for this movie? Hmm. I would say Shock Corridor. Say goodbye to race rides. <laughs> <laughs> they did or, it! Shock or, Corridor cured racism! Or Shock Corridor. Puberty hits home. <laughs> <laughs> or, oh. or Shock Corridor. Watch out for the nymphos. <laughs> <laughs> what well, either any of those would do uh my tagline that i had for it is i, I wrote this down as i was watching the movie because i was like hm, that's good that's good brett <laughs> yes oh that's a good one uh he's crazy about journalism and she's crazy in love <laughs> Because the, in, in the lesson, the lesson Shot of the movie order. is to not reach for bigger things and settle for the simple life for your lady that's crazy about you. He drives himself crazy for journalism, and I think we also learned that journalism is like I'm a man. And what does a man do? He goes over the highest goal of his job, which is the Pulitzer Prize. I, I well, I think one of the things that the movie is saying is that journalism, for it's journalism's bad. sake, it's bad. is bad. They that's not what they're saying at all. That I think that's what they're saying. Yeah. I mean, they have a lot of like you know social issues talking about. I think journalism is not one of the main. I mean, like a little bit, but not. That's not the main thing. Uh, it's Before definitely I'm, not the main thing. Yeah, but it, I, it's maybe in there. Maybe, I think. <laughs> Also, side note, I think that uh, maybe there should be a Frankenstein movie, but it's called Shock Coroner. 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 Shock Coroner. Uh-huh. And it's like a coroner, you know, and he shocks him and he makes Frankenstein. I just thought that has nothing to do with the movie. So then instead of it being Dr. Frankenstein, it's Coroner Frankenstein? Yes. Um, bachelor degree <laughs> Frankenstein. Wow, it sounds like you just... It sounds like you just made a worse version of Frankenstein. I did. I just wanted to use the word shock corner. Okay. The title of the movie. Yeah. We'll cut that too. Um, so, taglines. All right. So, uh, Brad, would you prescribe, prescribe this, repurpose it, or euthanize it? 
I really don't know what I'm going to say either. Do you want to go first? I will go first. I would say repurpose it. Okay. Even though there was just a movie that just came out recently, Unsane, which is like a similar premise. Oh, you know um, what? I wanted to see that. I didn't see it. Yeah, it's pretty much like the same premise. Like a journalist goes to a mental institution, whatever. American Horror Story Season 2, they did something like that too. I just think there was good things in it and and it was made first and it's a good premise. Um, but, you know, it was, it was in the 60s. So like they, they fucked up a lot of things. Like it wasn't super well like written. I just think you could t- you could take that story and make it into something good. I think you could repurpose it into a good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, this time I'm just gonna copy exactly what you said. Yeah, I don't <laughs> have a. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Don't have an opinion of your own. Uh, it's just, it's there's. <sighs> it could if you there's hear, nothing if you there. Hear the premise of the movie, it could be good. It's a fun premise. It's it's pro- I I don't know enough about it to say whether or not this is the first time somebody did a premise like this. I think one of the first times. But it's probably near the beginning of that and it's kind of I don't know if it would be a good idea to repurpose just because something similar just All all that's really great about it is the premise. Uh, yeah. there's not a lot like uh, and I, the, the scene where it's raining inside the same the insane asylum that's kind of a cool visual, but other than mm-hmm. that, there's not a lot going on here, like filmically. The fat um, opera guy was kind of funny. The acting is okay. It's yeah, not it's like okay. anything that you gotta go. Out. It's just, it's, it's just, it's sort of just a mediocre movie. It's not terrible. It's definitely not, oh, it's terrible. Definitely not terrible. Like you could watch this, and I don't think that anybody <laughs> would hate it, but. It's just, it's not necessarily... It got a little boring for me, but I mean, for the 60s, I'm sure it was good. I, yeah, I can't really I can't really prescribe it. I don't Definitely really want to kill it. Yeah. I think I don't even necessarily, I mean... You You're know, not I, passionate about repurposing it, but I'm I think not, that's... Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I start out more passionate about it, but then knowing there's other things now that are similar to it, it's not necessary, but I am passionate about... They're always doing remakes of movies that were popular and good. Mm-hmm. But they don't do enough remakes of shitty movies. Well, this isn't even a shitty. That, movie. I know, but I'm saying like there are movies with good premises that were terrible. Mm-hmm. Like for example, Westworld. I mean, except that I've never seen that movie. I don't know if it was terrible or not. But <laughs> they took that and then they turned into like a pretty cool TV show. Like they should be able to mm-hmm. instead of just like oh this was a popular franchise ten years ago let's redo it. Like take something that didn't work but had potential. I think this could be one of those things. Right. Yeah. I agree. Alright. Cool. I, wow. That's, uh, yeah. Power film first. So, do you think you still want to be an investigative journalist? Oh, it seems kind of dangerous. Maybe we can just play Clue instead. I call Mr. Body. You can't play as Mr. Body. <laughs> we'll just see.